Okay, so first of all, Shkayach to, uh, you know, I'm a sponsor this morning, the, the, the Shir and the learning should be Lili Nishmas, Yenashev, and Tzvili Melech, in honor of the whole Blumstein family, the, in honor of the Zayda, so and from there, Shefa Brach and Hatzlacha should come down, in all sorts of ways, Vibiyas Gold Tzedek. Okay, so, um, last week I was, some, a little bit this, this past week, I was asked maybe to do a little bit of a Sikam of what we've been talking about the past few weeks, and uh, that's the plan. So what I want to do this morning, I think that's Hashem, this will be the last of the uh, sort of the mini-series about Shavim. It's the last week of Shavim. So what I'll do this morning is for a few minutes, just to be misakim, just to, just to sort of um, review a little bit some of the ideas that we've been sort of building up the past few weeks. And then, then the rest of the time, it shouldn't be that long, we'll be able to then add one last nakuda to it to sort of uh, round it out a little bit. Okay, so again, the kits are nimrits. What we've been discussing is, is that the tachlis of the of Kla Yisrael and the tachlis of every single yid is, so to speak, to stand by Har Sinai and to be able to hear anoich yeshem alakecha, to be able to feel the achta sabshuta, to experience the oneness of the rabbanu shleilam, which we saw from the zar kodesh and the and the vilna gaim. That's the letter aleph. That's the letter aleph. That's it starts with anoichi anoich yeshem alakecha. Echad Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokim Hashem Echad. The Medrash said that's how Hashem Yisbarach introduced Har Sinai by by saying Hashem Elokim Hashem Echad. But the problem was, as we saw, is that in order for us to experience Hashem Echad, like we say Friday night, if we want to experience Echad, then we have to be Berazad Echad. Then we have to be at least Achopanim in the category of Echad. And the Rebbeinu Shmuel created each and every one of us not with an Aleph but with a Beis, with a Beis, with a Tzad Zacher and a Tzad Nekevim. Uh, or in the, in in, in uh, as Chazal put it, a sun and a moon. Shne, really, what's supposed to be is Shnei Mar Sagdaylam. The Tzadzacher Tzanekeva, the sun and the moon of who we are, is supposed to be mamish mamish uh, the same height, the same thing. The light of the sun completely reverberating and being expressed through the moon. Shnei Mar Sagdaylam, Shnei Mishdamshin the Keser Echad. And when they're both in that place of of oneness, then the Aleph, the Keser Echad, the Aleph of Anoichi, is able to reverberate through the world. And so we saw, and we explained, that the entire Indian of Golis Mitzrayim with Yitzis Mitzrayim is in order to work out this Indian, in order to work out this Indian, uh, that the, instead of the, the, the moon being diminished and being, being thrown down to a low place, the whole process of Golis Mitzrayim is to sort of rehabilitate the moon and to return the moon to its original stature, in which it's able to really reflect all the light of the sun. And we explained that in order for this to happen, there's a number of stages. There's not just, it's not right away from uh, a state of, low, of lowness, of, uh, where the moon is mamish uh, disconnected and thrown to the ground, so to speak, and then right away, there is, there is a middle madrega, there's a step in between, which is where the moon starts off you know, uh, disassociated from the sun, very, very deficient, and very small. But then the process is, again, we don't see this physically, but then the process spiritually is, the moon is raised up to receive from the sun, but it's not the full size of the sun. It's not the same size of the sun, and all the light of the sun is not able to be reflected through the moon. A little bit, a little bit. al it's acting as a reflector of the sun, but it's not doing, it's not able to reflect all the light of the sun. And then finally, you get the highest majority of Shnei Mar where all of the light of the sun is able to be reflected through the moon. That's the process. And the same thing it is with our, again, we have to define these terms, which we've, which we've been doing. So too it is with our Zachar and our Nekeva inside of each and every one of us. The Nekeva side of who we are starts off as, uh, 
disregard, very small, very deficient, very not at all on the same page as the Zachar. And then it moves to a higher madrega where it is on the same page as the Zachar, but it's smaller than the Zachar. And it's not able to really reflect and to express everything that the Zachar part of who we have, of who we are, has to say. And then eventually you get to the highest madrega where it's Taka Shneimar Sakdoilim, where the, the Nekeva of who we are is, uh, is, a, is the same size and a perfect Shidduch to the Zachar of who we are, and it's reflecting perfectly everything the Zachar, the, the Zachar has to say. So this, was the, this is sort of the process of the sun and the moon, Zachar Nekeva of who we are. So we explained, that, like, what does this mean practically, how to translate this. So we, we explained that the, that the way to, there's a number of ways how to go about translating this in the Vedas Hashem, but the, the path that we've been taking is that the Zachar and the Nekev of who we are, or the sun and the moon of who we are, and all the, the steps along the way to return the Zachar and the Nekev, or the sun and the moon, to Shnei Hamar Sagdailam, to be Mamish one, in order to allow the Aleph of Anoichi to come to the world, the Zachar and the Nekev, or the sun and the moon, is the Indian of Koil and Dibor. Koil and Dibor, your voice and your articulation, and your articulation. The Zachar of who you are means your Koil, and the, the Nekev of who you are means your Dibor. And so we explained that the, that the ultimate the ultimate tachlis, the ultimate height, what does it mean? Kol? Kol means who you are, your, your voice, your heart. That's where your voice comes from, it's from the, the lungs, the chest. That's where your heart is. That's not just the, not just the truth, that's, but it's, your, it's who you are. It's your lay, it's your heart, that's your kol. And your deeper means how you express yourself hourly, how you talk to other people, passion, how you speak, how you communicate. And so the situation of Gaulus, where there's a complete disconnect, where Kol is, uh, Kol is over here, the sun is over here, and the moon is completely diminished, is, is, is reflective of a state of where a person doesn't... Where the words that he says is not reflective of who they are. To the highest degree, I mean, a person's lying, a person's saying things that are not true, a person's saying words to disconnect one, from one person to another. Everything he says is not Yoytzim and Halev. It's not coming from the heart. It's not an expression of the coil of who you are. The guy said, you know, what do you have for breakfast? You actually had pancakes. And the guy says, I had eggs. Why do you just lie? There's no, there's no reason for it. There's such a thing that a person is just in such a state of gullus where the zakhar is over here and the cave is completely in disarray. All the diburim that are used, that are expressed, are not, they're not coming from coil. They're not coming from that place of, of the truth. And so that's gullus. That's gullus. And we explained that, uh, that that's, this is why gullus Mitzrayim is all revolving around Around uh, Lashon Hara, Yosef Tzadik and his Madrega, the Lashon Hara against the brothers, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, it's because of Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is a perfect example of words that are disconnected from Koyal. Because we have a principle. If words are an expression of your heart, if it's Dvarm Hayyotzim in Alev, then it's Nechnosim Alev, and it creates a bond between you and the person you're speaking to. Lashon Hara, which is about creating a rift between two people, it means automatically that the words are not yotzim and alev, because if they'll be yotzim and alev, they'll be nechlasim alev, and the hearts will be connected to each other. If the hearts are, if the words are being used as a way of of of, of driving a wedge between hearts, then clearly the hearts of the speaker and the hearts of the of the listener are completely disengaged. And this is just diburim going back and forth. There's no, it's not dvar yotzim and alev nechlasim alev. So that's galus. That's galus. The ideal is the highest madrega with the sun and the moon, the same page. Zachar and the cave, the same page. Or every single aspect of one's koil is being expressed in one's dibor. That's called standing by our Sinai, hearing Anoichi Hashem That's Moshe Rabbeinu. 
And that's what we saw. The Maishar Rabbeinu, what was unique to Maishar Rabbeinu, is that Ratzadik said this, that every word of Maishar Rabbeinu was an expression of his entire essence. Everything and everything that Moshe said was an exact expression of everything that's going on in his Nisham at that moment. And that's why Tyrus Moshe is, uh, is unbelievable because, because each and every one of us, we can learn Tyre, we can say Tyre thoughts, but it might not be the ultimate expression of the deepest part of who we are. The deepest part of who we are is God himself. And so Moshe Rabbeinu who is able to express the deepest part of who he is in his Dibur, that his Dibur is a, his moon, is a perfect reflector of his son, then what comes out of that is Mamashad Varashem, without any coding, without any, without any, you know, constriction, is just straight. That's the highest level. And that's ultimately what we're all waiting for with Mashiach, of where the, where, where the Pasuk says, Kulam uh, I see that every Yid will just be able to have that experience of Maisha Rabbeinu with an absolute transcendent, transparent lens where everything that's in your coil is being expressed outwardly, straightforward, no Shekhar for sure, no Lashon Har for sure, a, a, a complete awareness of who you are and the ability to express that and to connect who you are in the deepest of senses to everyone that you engage with. A bond between heart and heart to the point of where it's literally that's what Harsinei was, right? And that's because everyone at that moment was holding by that place of of where everything in their heart was being expressed outward. So their entire heart was being expressed, connecting itself to the entirety of someone else's heart. There was a complete bond. That's the ideal. The reality though is, as we saw from the Vilna Gain, the Vilna Gain explained, then until Mashiach comes, that's not possible. Until Mashiach comes, that's ultimately not possible for us to be like a Mashiach Rabbeinu, where all of our coil is being expressed through our Dibur. What we can strive for, and what we can strive for, is the middle Madriga, like I mentioned before, where the moon is reflecting the sun, although it can't reflect all of the sun. And so this is, uh, like, like I mentioned, like the first mitzvah of Kal Yisrael that we were given you know, before I've seen it, is Kiddush Levana. Right, uh, Kiddush Achaydish, right? Kiddush Achaydish means that the moon is not full, right? If anything, by the beginning of the month, it's only a small sliver. Mekudosh, Mekudosh. But at least the Jewish people are identifying and recognizing that it might be true that, we not, that we're not able to express the full, our full range of emotions and our full range of intellectual ideas. We can't, all of our kol is not able to be expressed in our words. Our words automatically are smaller than our heart. But nevertheless, nevertheless, there is a way that, and this is what we spoke about last time, that there is a way, with, that there, there is a process to sort of navigate that madrega, of where the moon is not as big as the sun, but al it is reflecting the sun. And this is what we spoke about last week, where there is such a thing that despite the fact you can't express all, the, all of your coil, and you therefore have no choice but to sort of cut out uh, certain aspects of the ideas that you want to share or certain aspects of, of your feelings and emotions that you want to share. And that's the reality of life. You, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're unable to express everything and people are unable to hear and to receive everything. That's just the nature of, uh, nature of, of reality right now. But we saw last week is that there is nevertheless an ability to pinpoint and to specifically choose the words that you do say to, in such a way where although they're not expressing in clear, articulated speech everything that you're feeling, but they can contain within them the essence of what you're feeling. And this is what we spoke about, that that's how Tarshavach Sav versus Tarshavach Peh works. Tarshavach Sav is the koel, it's the voice, it's, the, it's, it's what the Rabbanu Shalom is, is feeling and thinking in his heart. 
And Tarsh Pal Peh, so to speak, is the Dibur. That's the words that the Rabbanu Shalom actually says. And very often, and because of, you know, until Mashiach comes, the sun and the moon are not the same size. So therefore, Tarsh Pal Peh cannot articulate everything Tarsh Pal is thinking about. So Tarsh Pal like we said last week, is thinking about, is thinking about Kla Yisrael, thinking about Eretz Yisrael, thinking about Amunah, thinking about Geula. That's what Tarsh Pal is thinking about, right? The Nevi'im, in Tanakh, are not harp, they're not focusing on Kali Yisrael not shaking Luvan properly. They're talking about big inyanim of justice and mishpat and, and humanity and Kali Yisrael and Geula. And Tarsh Peh is coming from that coil, and Tarsh Peh is talking about how to shake Luvan And so there's like this huge disconnect. And that comes because the moon is simply not as big as the sun. But the Chiddush of, of but, the, but the Avoid of that middle Madreg is to realize that it's true that the Dibor, the moon, is not reflecting all of the light in an open, revealed way. But whatever light is being reflected in the moon, whatever words are being said and communicated through Tarsh Peh, those words can be seen as a concentrated essence of everything the sun is talking about. So despite the fact that Tarsh Peh, so to speak, is not talking about always Geula and Amuna, these big ideas, it can't, it can't communicate that properly. The, 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 the sun of Tarsh B'chsav is too big for that moon. But nevertheless, the, the, way, the words that are being communicated in Tarsh Peh are sort of like a laser beam. It's the, it's the concentrated essence of everything that is in the sun focused in those words. And we saw this from Rav Kook, that therefore when a person, practically speaking, what that means is that when you learn Tarsh Peh, you're learning about Sheikh Luvin Esser, you have to believe that although the words that, you're, that, you're, that are being spoken to you in the Gemara, right, or in the Mishnah Bura, or whatever it is, are talking about Sheikh Luvin Esrik, but you have to believe and you have to know and you have to try to think about this, that what's trying to be said over in these words and what's, being, what's fueling these words, what's, what's really being said in this conversation is Amuna, Geula, Am Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael. All the Tarsh Vachsav de Kenyanim, it's just a can't. Torah has a hard time communicating it and articulating it. So it picks, so it's talking about Pratim. But in the Pratim, what's really being said is big ideas. And that's what's trying to be communicated. And Rav Kook said, and we saw this, that when a person engages in the conversation of Torah, when you listen to the articulation of Torah Shabbat realizing and knowing that it's really a much bigger conversation that's being expressed, that's being talked about, just you don't hear it in those, but it just can't be articulated properly, then all of a sudden, when you learn about Sheikh Mulvin Esrik, all of a sudden, you're, you become a bigger person. You become a bigger mammon. You become a bigger lover of Eretz Yisrael, a bigger uh, a person that desires Mashiach more. And you think, like, where'd that come from? Like, I'm not learning about Mashiach. I'm not learning about Amun. I'm learning about Mulvin Esrik. Yeah. But those are the words. But the, the light that's being reflected by that moon, well, it's a small moon. So it can't, it's, it's not saying everything. But whatever the moon is, it is reflecting all the light of the sun in that small little beam. Again, like the example we gave is like a, a laser beam, where it's not like, like, you know, when you have something that's a piece of something else, there's always two ways to think of it. Either you have, uh, you know, a huge, uh, a huge body of water, and now you're only, you're only able to take one gallon of it. So that's a piece of it. The one gallon that you take out of the, out of the lake is not all of the lake in the... In the in the one gallon, it's, a, it's, it's, it's one gallon of the lake. But with a laser beam, it's not like that, right? What's a laser beam? You have a huge, you know, uh, room full of light, whatever it is, and you have a mechanism to constrict all of that light into one focus point. So although at the outside, you might think, okay, it's just one laser beam, it's just one point of light. No, no, but that one point of light contains within it the entirety of, of the light that preceded it. 
So that's the way to think about the moon. The moon doesn't have to just be a piece of the sun. It doesn't, the, 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 the words that we say doesn't ha- don't have to be just a piece of who we are or a side of who we are, an aspect. They can, we can choose our words to such a, in such a way that they could express everything we're feeling, although we can't articulate it. And that's what Tarash Balpeh was. Now, we gave another example of this in more you know, down-to-earth terms about how to do that. How do you communicate? How do you, how do you pick and choose your words in such a way where the words themselves are able to be heard by the listener and the listener picks up on the fact that there's more here than just the words? Because right? that's what you want, right? You want, you want, if, if you're trying to put your heart and soul into a specific conversation, so you can't put all your heart and soul, you can't express all your heart and soul. Your sun and the moon is not the same size. Mashiach isn't here yet. So you have to pick and choose the conversation, whatever the point is. But how do you get the point across? How do you, how do you, uh, how do you um, sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, subtly, subtly uh, you know, hint or make it clear that, that the words that are being articulated there's more to it than, than what, what you're hearing. And the listener then picks up on that and begins to realize, oh, I'm going to pay closer attention to this. Not just closer attention to the words and the, the, under, the, under, the intellectuals, but, but to try to receive what's being spoken to me. So we saw from the Rambam, and this is what we find in Torah as well, is that the way to communicate that is to incorporate silence, shtika, silence, into one's speaking. When a person's talking it, straight without a pause, without any break, without any, any moment to allow the listener to, 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 to focus. But it's more than just that. It's when, when, when you fold in silence with, this, with the words, then that redefines the words as a vehicle for something bigger. When it's just spoken, then all that's heard is just a spoken word. But when there's silence involved, then all of a sudden the the speaker, the, the listener, is able to pick up on the nuance that there's something more to these words than are just, just being articulated. And all of a sudden, now a bond can be made between the listener and the speaker because the listener is beginning to realize that, that, that the speaker is giving himself over in these words. It's not, it's not just about these words themselves. There's something else being given over over here. There's a big sun that's being expressed over here. And this is what we find in Tyre. We find in Torah as well that, for example, in Gemara we find this all the time and in, and in Chumash all the time, where there's a lot of pauses, a lot of pauses. Like, for example, in Chumash, there's, there's par- stumas and psuchas, there's parshias. Like, why do you need that for? Just, just go. No. And even within parshias, there's always introductory, Okay, get the point. Just tell us about tzitzis, tell us about Shabbos. So Ibn Achman said that the Indian of those pauses and those like introductory statements is Hashem Yisbarak telling the Klai Yisrael, listen, listen. What do you mean listen? We're, we're opening this, this, the Chumash. Obviously we're, we're, we're trying to, no, no, no. Listen. In other words, the words that are being said over here are more than, than meets the eye. Allow the words to be a vehicle to bring all the light of the sun into your life without, it, without me having to say, because I can't say everything right now, but to, to be able to articulate that. So that's what we spoke about. As we spoke about. Now, one, one last Nakuda that I think needs to, be, needs to be addressed over here is the following idea. Like sort of until now, the, the one that's been, that's been, you know, between our Zachar and Akeva, between our sun and the moon, the, 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 the one that's been in disarray, that needs real rehabilitation, has been the moon. The moon has been lowered and small 
and uh, you know, and there's an inability, you know, even when it when it does become big and it does try to communicate the truth of the sun, it's not big enough to communicate everything. It's always the moon's fault. It's the moon's fault. But what we're going to see today a little bit is that it's not entirely true. They're also one, maybe perhaps one of the biggest issues is not so much on the sun, but it's not so much on the moon, but it's on the sun. Now let me explain. If you remember, I think it was last time, I think it was last time, we mentioned the Vilna Gaon. The Vilna Gaon said, based on a famous Chazal, the Chazal said that when the Rebbe created the world, he created a male Leviathan and a female Leviathan. And the Rebbe saw that if they were to be together and to have uh, children, to have uh, offspring, the world wouldn't, couldn't tolerate that. So what did the Rebbe do? The Rebbe killed the Nekeva and was Masares the Zacher. Was Masares the Zacher. So, and the Vilna Gaon said, without getting into the details why fish and what's going on over there, but the Vilna Gaon said that that story of the Rabbanu Shalom not allowing the male and female Leviathan to be together on the same page, that's the story of the sun and the moon. That's everything we're talking about. The inability of the coil of who we are, of who we are to fully express itself in the Diburma of who we are, that disconnect, that's the story of the male and female Leviathan being in disarray. And the, the death of the Nekeva means the sun being lowered down. It means, uh, you know, a, a person speaking and it's not uh, reverberating with, with your truth, with, with the essence, with the code of who we are. Fine. But, if you, if, but paying close attention to that Chazal, the Rabbanishim didn't just kill the Nekeva. The Rabbanishim was Masaris the Zacher. Which is a funny thing, because once the Nekeva is dead, because, uh, you, know, then you don't have to worry about procreation anymore, the Nekeva is dead. So Chazal says such a thing, that he didn't just kill the Nekeva, he was Masaris the Zacher. And the meaning of this is, is that this is one of the, one of the um, well, we're going to investigate this now for a few minutes, the positive side of it, and the negative side of it, and how, how to navigate it. But there is a phenomenon that, that it, you know, I, I'm painting a picture as if a person has this full ray of emotions, and this full ray of intellectual ideas, and has this big coil, but he just can't articulate it. So sometimes you can't articulate anything. That's called when the moon is mamish diminished. And sometimes you could, you could communicate something, but it's not the full scope of everything you're feeling. That's called the moon being built back up, but not the same size as the sun. But there is a phenomenon of what's called timtum halayf. <laughs> there is such a phenomenon that's probably like the elephant in the room. That like, most people are not so emotionally and intellectually uh, self-aware. So we're talking about someone who is like, you know, has this big coil, this big heart, and just now we're trying to figure ways to communicate it. And the problem is the moon. But sometimes the problem is the sun. Sometimes the problem doesn't ha- person doesn't find within themselves a coil. Like he asks the guy, like, who are you? And they're like, I don't understand what you're talking Like, I don't understand the question. Like there is such a thing where a person doesn't have, a person is so closed off, everyone has a heart, right? Everyone has a coil. But you might not, but the, but the, the, the heart that a person has, the coil that a person has might be so locked up that it's not even conscious to them. And so not only do we have a problem sometimes with our moons, sometimes the moon is not an issue. Sometimes a person with the proper training and skills, you'll be able to communicate. But sometimes the real problem is that your sun is completely, sh- oh, there's clouds over your sun. There's not, the sun is not communicating. This is what's called by the Svarim, by Tanakh, it's called, it's called a lave evan, a heart of stone. See, it's a funny thing, a heart of stone. If it's made of stone, it's not a heart, right? It's not like, you know... A heart, a heart, by its very definition, is a muscle, it's flesh. So what does it mean, a lathe evan? The answer is, a, 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 stone, a, a heart of stone doesn't mean that it's, it's just a rock. If it's just a rock, it's not a heart. The answer is, 
course it's a heart, but it's covered over by Evan, and it's not able to express itself. That the person, the, you know, the person that, that has such a heart might not even know that they have a heart, but of course they have a heart. So there is such a thing as a lave Evan. And that's what it means when Chazal say that Hashem was Mesaris the Zohar. The series of the Zohar means that he has everything, you know, uh, he has all the kaiches of the Zohar, but he can't express it. Not only because there's no nekeva, but within himself there's something holding him back. That's called the lave Evan. The coming of Mashiach is not only the rehabilitation of the moon, where the moon comes back to its full stature. And Mashiach is, has the kaich hadibur. Mashiach is the same letters, Rabbi Nachman pointed this out, that Mashiach is the same letters as Mesiach, the one that's able to communicate. It says in Pasuk regarding Mashiach, he piv. He'll conquer the whole world with the words of his mouth, with the shevet, with the, the scepter of his mouth. So Mashiach means certainly the rehabilitation of the moon, that we're able to communicate properly and the moon will be big enough to communicate everything. But more than that, part of Mashiach is, as the Pasuk says, that Hashem is going to remove the stone heart from amongst us. Because you can have all the ability to articulate, but if, there's, but if you don't have, any, if you don't have an, an inner sense of who you are and, and your emotions and your thoughts, if, there's no, you know, if, if your heart is unable to communicate even within itself, then you could have all the moons in the world. The, the, the sun is being blocked. And so Mashiach has to do both things. So the Nekev has to be brought back to life, and the Zohar has to, has to, has to have uh, you know, the surgery undone, and, 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 the, and the serious has to be taken away. So let, let, let me show a little bit of this, where this is coming from. If you take a look at Maramukha number one. So this is a Medrash Rabbah. In, uh, it's a Medrash Rabbah. It's, it's in, uh, in Barashas, Perak Zion, Pasuk, Peace uh, Aleph. So this is talking about, it's a, it's a difficult Pasuk in Mishlei. This is a Pasuk, you'll read the Pasuk together, and we'll see the Medrash applies this Pasuk to the story of Yosef and Yehuda, the story of, uh, of the brothers. You'll see in a second. So it says like this, Ve'era, Hashem says, Shlomimach says, Ve'era b'pesoyen, Hashem says, I look down and I see foolish people. Avina bebanim nar. And I also see young, young children. Chaser lev, that are missing a heart. So Hashem is sort of looking at the world and he's a little bit disappointed, right? There's a lot of fools and people that don't have hearts. So what does that mean? So it says the message like this. Ve'er bepesayim. Hashem says, I look down and I see foolish people. That's the shvatim. Okay. Avina bebanim nar. And I also see, I also understand young Young children, Zay Yosef, that's Yosef, Chasar Lev, who's called the one that doesn't have a heart. Yosef is called the one that doesn't have a heart. Why? Because he said Lashonar against his brothers. Is there anyone that's missing a heart more than that? Someone that says Lashonar. In other words, it's an amazing thing is that until this point, we've always said that Lashonar is a perfect example. Of, of, of this disconnect between Kol and Deber, right? Where the whole point of Kol and Deber in harmony, where Yerzach and Akeva is, where Thurm HaYoytzim in Alev, like Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Yoytzim Alev, Nichnasim Alev. So a heart to heart, they become one, it's a bond. Lashonara means words that are said to disconnect hearts. So obviously, if the words that are being said are cutting hearts apart, they're not Yoytzim in Alev, and Nichnasim Alev. They're not like that. So we've been describing until this point, so what is Gaul Sadi? What is Lashanarlan? Lashanar is I have a Kyle. My son is over here, but I'm not, the moon is not reflecting it. It's the moon's problem. But the, says the Medjish, no, 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 no. It's not always the moon's problem. Sometimes Lashanara and Gaul Sadibur comes because the guy's chasar leif, because his heart is missing. In other words, I mean we say well, Yosef Tzadik is a strong statement about Yosef, but again, Lafimajas say, but but for us it means Medjish is introducing us to this idea that it's not always the problem of articulation. Sometimes it's a problem that, you, that the person himself doesn't know of any deep uh, 
sophisticated ideas and emotions within himself. There's something blocking him from really going deeper within himself. And so this is what's cool, the Lev Evan. Okay, now this idea, this phenomenon of having Lev Evan certainly gets a bad rap. It's not uh, that the Hashem Sheikh comes, Hashem is going to take away the Lev Evan. But I think it's important to realize and appreciate wh- why the Rabbanu Shalom made this phenomenon. Why is there this, wh- what is the root of this concept of having a Lev Evan, of being closed off and shut emotionally, intellectually from within yourself? Obviously, it's, it's, it's a... It's something that is the is sort of uh, it comes it comes with gullus. It's like sort of the definition of gullus within the soul is that your heart is a heart of stone. But where is that coming from? This has to be everything in the world, even if it's a negative thing, has to have some root in kedusha. So what's the positive root that this Eden of Leif Evan is coming from? And if we can identify the positive root, then maybe we'll be able to just focus the archiv with the positive uh, root of it, and then we won't have to have the side effects and the. The, the snowball effect of the actual Lev Evan itself. You'll see what I mean. So take a look at Maramak number two. This is a piece from Lakuta Mamaram from Tzadik HaKayin, page 118. So he says like this. It's a whole, it's a whole tire over there, but this is just uh, one piece of it. He's talking about wh- what's the shot that the tire was given in the desert, right? That's, yeah, this is Parsha. The was given in the desert. Why Dafka the desert? The desert is always a place that's inhospitable. It's not just inhospitable. You, you, you can't grow things. The land is not fertile. The land is not fertile. Notice if the land would be considered like a heart, a midbar is a lave evan. You understand? It's a lave evan. It's, a, it's rocky terrain. It's, un, it's inhospitable. It's infertile. Uh, it's, not, it's not a lave busser. Very often in Tanakh we find this, that the difference between a lave busser versus a lave evan is that a lave busser, you know, is fertile ground. It's fertile ground. It's, it's you... you you're, you're open, the heart is open, so it could hear new things, it could come up with new ideas, self-discovery, it finds within itself layers, deeper layers than it didn't know before. Like I was talking about on Shabbos, where the, 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 the words of Torah are words of tenu, of movement. And so when it hits the lave busser, the lave busser is, is, it begins to unravel, begins to unpackage itself, it, it finds more in Yonim. A lave busser, a, a lave evan, I'm sorry, is like, it is what it is, it's not fertile ground. It's not discovering any more of itself. It's not receiving anything. It's stuck. Lave Evan. So the Torah was given in a midbar, in a place of Evan. It says where it says like this, midbar hu The midbar is not a place of, 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 of growth, of, of, of planting and so on. It's, it's infertile. And in fact, Klai Yisrael began in the desert, right? That's where we became a people. Why? Because although a lave evan is not something you want at the end, I mean, another, in other words, lave evan is like in a, you know, shut, closed, completely, no depth, no subtlety, just a chamar, like a, just a grub a person without any depth at all, that you don't want. But says Ratzadik, but to be a little bit closed and a little bit stubborn, that is an important thing. Now, the name, if a per, let's put it this way, I'll tell you outside, then we'll see it together inside. If a person is Kulay Basar, Kulay Basar, so that person is super into like self-discovery, right? That person is super into, you know, going on, uh, you know, week-long retreats somewhere, you know, uh, where just him, him and nature, it's Gavaldic. But that same quality of complete openness also makes you open to all sorts of Mishagas, right? All sorts of Mishagas. I don't just mean Mishagas when he's looking for the, for the right retreat. I'm talking about like, he Be'etzim is a very, very open person. 
And so sometimes openness is a good thing when, when you're trying to find the truth and there's guidance. But, 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 but what if the whole world is bombarding you with like and even, even worse than shtus? If you have a leif batzar, then everything comes in. Everything comes out and everything comes in. It's, it's just an open door. That's very nice when, when you're not being bombarded by, by crazy things. But if you're being bombarded by crazy things, or you have, to, you have to establish something that's rock solid in your life, then you need a little kshayorif. You, you need to be a little bit stubborn about it. Now, stubbornness, when, you're, when it's taken to an extreme, becomes a lave evan. But, but stubbornness be'etzem is a very, very important thing in the beginning of a person's journey. When, before you're fully established as an Eved Hashem, before you're fully established with, with a certain understanding of truth and awareness, you're at a point of where, the, where you don't know anything. So they're, they're, then you're bombarded by the nations of the world, so to speak. So you have to have a little kshayarif. That's a good thing. And so it says like this, the beginning of everything, it needs a certain stubbornness and a certain closed-mindedness even, a certain like, I, I know the truth and the whole world can tell me I'm wrong and I don't care. That's a stubbornness. But, but that's necessary when you know the truth and the whole world is telling you you're crazy, like, then you, you need that stubbornness. Shalayozuz, that a person shouldn't move, he spata and becomes seduced. See what he's saying? A nice, beautiful pshat. Kol haschos means beginnings are always difficult. So no, no. Kol haschos In the beginning, you have to be kasha. You have to be hard. The nikra kasha utroshin. You have to be hard. You have to be rocky. Lakach nikru az. That's why Kal Yisrael. In the beginning, we're in the midbar, and we're called am kshe the stubborn people. Ki haschalav haysoit zarchli is kishkasha vechazak. A person has to be rock rock solid in the beginning. That I feel kol ruchas shavayilam. They need all the winds of the world. Ain mazizas. It's not going to move him. The kach haavis, and that's why the avis akdashim sheim yisaid ha'uma. They are the beginning, the foundation of kol yisrael. They are called the rocky ones. Avram Avinu has a nickname in in Tehillim. He's called Asan Hazrachi. Asan. What does Asan mean? Asan means the rocky one. Avram Avinu was the, was the most stubborn person to ever live because the whole world was telling him that he's the apikaris. And everybody says, no, you're all the Apikarsim. So, the, you know, we think of it, in a, you know, from our perspective, Avram Vina was the tzaddik and everyone else was just barbarians running around, killing each other and doing all sorts of crazy things. No, no, no. There were, pla- there were pla- you know, there were papers of Avram Avinu was the Apikaris. Everyone else was the, were the tzaddikim. They were Avdei Elohim. And he was the Apikaris. And Avram Avinu had to say, no, no, no. I know the truth and all of you don't. That takes the kshayayrav. That takes the stubbornness. And that was necessary when it's you against the world. If Avram Avinu had a lave buster completely, then what would happen? He would just he would be receptive to all the all the antagonism from the rest of the world, and he couldn't be Avram Avinu. The problem is that when you after that rocky beginning, if you, then you continue with the kshayayrif, then eventually you become this stubborn, rocky, rock solid, you know, it, without any introspection, without any investigation, without any movement, without any without any. Um, uh, uh, ability to, to flourish and to grow new ideas. This is the way it was, this is the way it's going to be, no chidushin, nothing. That, that's a lave evan. That's lave evan. What we want is a lave basar, recognizing that there is a place for kshayorif, there is a place for stubbornness, but not to allow it to become a lave evan. So it says for like this, okay. It's an amazing thing. In Mitzrayim, we're paru over yirbu over yishutz over yatz. We we increase the number a tremendous amount because Mitzrayim 
was not a place of, of sure. Uh, Mitzrayim was a place of Leif Basar. Uh, it was an Erev Asaretz. There was, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of Taivan, a lot of, you know, it was not a place of, of, of Evan. It was a place of Basar, that's for sure. But because of that, Kalayisol in Mitzrayim increased in number. Because the nature of Leif Basar is to develop, is to move, is to change, to always shift. But in, in the Midbar, when Kal Yisrael are establishing themselves as the Am HaNivchar, which demands rockiness and stubbornness, just like the Ovis, on an Ovis level, Kal Yisrael to do that on a nation level. So therefore, the numbers that we enter into the Midbar with are basically the same numbers as we enter Eretz Yisrael with. 600,000, give or take. Same thing. I, why was there no increase? What happened? The answer is because Kal Yisrael at that time were holding by Bechina, they had to, a Bechina of Kshayarev, a Bechina of Troshim, of rockiness. And that, rec- and that results... In no growth. It results in stability. Everything stays the same, but there's no development either. This is why Ratzalik points out by the Ovisaktaishan, for the most part, they were they had a hard time having children. Why? Because again, because their Indian was to be ascent, to be rock solid, that results in a lack of ability of developing, of moving, of changing. And it took Nisan in order for them to have children. So he goes on, he goes on, it was just, I guess, uh, three lines before the end. Mashiach is the opposite, that by the time Mashiach comes, there's no opposition anymore. There's no world telling you, the world is not going to be telling you you're Apikarsim. So the whole stubbornness was really only necessary because of the opposition of Golas. But once Golas ends, then the Kalei Yisrael can be who we truly are, which are Lev Basar. And that's what Dovah Melech is. And David Melech, Mashiach Sikainu, completes the whole system, with the return of a Lev Basar, and the removal of the, sto- of the stone heart. And David Melech, Mashiach, will ultimately fix Adam Rishon himself. Adam Rishon also. The sin of. Adam Rishon, this is a big tar, we're not going to go into this now, but even the sin of Adam and Chava was also rooted in this decision to. Choose Lev Evan over Lev Basar. The Chayim. Chayim means change. Constantly things moving. Things are changing, evolving. That's called Lev Basar. Eitz Hadas, It means I know what I know, and that's pretty much it. It's a Lev Evan. And Adam and Chava's decision to eat from the Eitz Hadas meant we're going to choose a Lev Evan. And the truth is, it's not so crazy because they were the beginning of humanity. And the beginnings, Taka, have to be rock solid. It's chaval because they, they could have, uh, we could have skipped ahead uh, quite some time if they just chose the Yitzchayim. Okay. But Mashiach is going to fix that mistake by returning the world to Mamasha, to Mamasha, a lave uh, basar. And so he ends off the line. That's what Mashiach ben David is going to do to fix the whole world. And then the whole world will be able to communicate properly. Right? What's the Safa Brura? Safa Brura doesn't mean just that everyone's speaking the same language, a clear tongue. A clear tongue that all of your heart will be able to express in all of your words. But again, what's stopping us until now is both the moon being diminished. We don't have a complete language to articulate everything our coil has to say. It's a it's a language barrier. And second of all, there might be a lave evan blocking your call from expressing itself, even within itself. But Mashiach comes and creates the Safa Brewery. He gives us a, a, a full, articulate language to express everything that the Neshama has to say. And it also will remove Elev Evan to allow the Neshama to communicate. So that's all very nice. That's when Mashiach comes. So is there anything we can do now in order to remove our Elev Evan? With, again, with this subtle awareness that the root of the Elev Evan is necessary. So the, the objective is not to become this open, 
you know, like a sort of a hippie-minded, just openness, like every... No, because that, that, that's not, that's not Kalah Yisrael. That's not, until Mashiach comes, you can't have that because there's too much craziness. It's not possible. So there has to be some balance of having a, 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 a very firm sense of purpose and a very firm sense of mission that you're sent here for a purpose to be mashpia and to, and to, and to, and to move and to evolve as a person and as a people. But at the same time, to balance that with, with not, uh, with not becoming overtaken by the world that we're supposed to uh, flourish in. This balance of, 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 again, being open, but closed at the same time. So it's, it's hard to do that. So Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, did give us the tools to do this. And what tools did he give us? Basically all of Yiddishkeit. And like I, I've said this many, many times, that very often everything we need is already what's mamish in front of our noses, we're already familiar with. It's just a matter of realizing the potential that's within it. It's like a person that's given, that's given a computer. So, it, like that computer can have the kaiches to do all sorts of things. But when the person's young, or maybe Dafka, when the person's young, they might chop more what the computer can do than the older ones. We understand, whatever. A person is not holding by the highest madrig of understanding what the computer's capable of. So all they think of it is, uh, is uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> like my, I was driving with the kids the other day and they asked me if I could put on put on uh, music, uh, like Marlos Midos Machine or something, for my phone. So I said, no, no, it's only mommy's phone can do that. My phone, my phone is just a phone. So there's like, I couldn't understand, like, what does it mean? Your phone's, a, like, a phones do that. So I'm like, no, no, no. A phone means just to be able to call someone. There's other nyanim that were somehow incorporated in the phone, like, only mommy's phone has that other stuff. I don't. Okay. So it's like, you know, it might not chop what's everything that's going on inside of it. So you're given something, it's just a phone. But really, there's, it's ain't safe what's going on in there. So Yiddishkeit's the same thing, lahavdu, you know. That we're, we're, we're you know, so we're, we're uh, mitzvahs themselves contain everything, all the, all, everything we need in order to be a healthy heart and a healthy, a healthy kol and a healthy dibor, it's all entire. But it's a matter of just engaging in mitzvahs in such a way with the realization that mitzvahs have the ability to do this. So let me show you what I mean. Marmukah number three. Let's go quickly. It's already late. Marmukah number three. So this is in Divrei Seifen from our Tzadik Akain also, page 31. First he gives us a framework. He says like this. Iker yadus belev. It's an amazing line. Iker yadus belev. When we think of what the object, like what is our, what are, what are we doing with Torah mitzvahs? We think we're doing things, right? We're doing mitzvahs maizias, physical actions. So you would think if we're doing physical actions, the main objective of those physical actions is to fix something physical. It says there's something, no, no, no. Ikriyadus, the main objective, what's the mission, what's the goal, what are you really trying to fix with all the mitzvahs that you do? Ikriyadus is belief. Really what you're trying to correct and realign and to fix is your own heart. And finding this balance of having a lev basar, but, not, but, not, but, but still having a kshayayrif to survive gullus, that perfect balance of having a healthy heart and healthy coil, really that's what Yiddishkeit is, is trying, to, trying to do. But the Rabbanu Shalom did an amazing thing, is that he gave us tangible, physical activities, who's, who, but whose target ultimately is the heart. So for example, fear, Yiras Hashem, Shu Iker, it's a little bit of a mistake, Iker Asher Hashem Shalimach, which the Pasuk says, that's, the, that's really what the Rabbanu Shalom wants, is that we should become God-fearing Jews, Right? That's not, that, that's, that's a heart. That's an experience of the heart. Right? All the duties of the heart are all, as the name indicates, the duties of the heart. When you have a good heart, 
which is the main thing that a person needs in life to be healthy and well is a good heart. Then everything you do is going to be going to be coming from that good heart. And the same thing is the opposite. If a person's heart's no good, either too open or too closed, then everything you do is going to be reflective of that stubbornness or that uh, too much openness. Now, you just look at that piece. It's like, oh, Rav Tzadik is throwing away Sheikh Muvin right? Because he's saying that the whole end of Torah Mitzvah is the heart. So what, are we, so what activities should we do to fix our heart? Say Tillim, you think, Davin, things that are more heart Oriented, but what about the vast majority of Avodas Hashem, which is Misa oriented? So then, it's, it's a, then, the, then the, those are not targeting the Iker. So there's another piece from Ratzadik in Sidkas Ratzadik, piece Samaches, and over here Ratzadik explains no, 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 that Adaraba, the real objective of every mitzvah is what it does to the heart. But the Rebbeinu Shlom made it in such a way that in order to engage the heart, you need kalim, you need kalim, you need vessels in order to work out your own heart, and the kalim that we have to work out our own heart, to create within ourselves this perfect hybrid of an open heart, but closed at the same time for the right reasons, that's what Tariq Mitzvahs are about. And so the point is to engage in Tariq Mitzvahs and to shake and Esrach and to learn, Dav and do all the Mitzvahs that we do, but to realize that, to, but, to think, but to use them as targets and as, and as utensil, as kalim, to get the heart to be a lave baser. That every mitzvah that you do, to have, be literally, literally, that's not, it, it, nothing more, nothing less, to be conscious of the fact before you do a mitzvah that this somehow should bring me that much closer to having a lave baser. You put on tefillin, somehow to bring you to a lave baser. But tzitzis, lave baser. Learning, lave baser. Davening, lave baser. And then all those mitzvahs are, are now being used as ways to get to the, to, to, to accomplish the main thing, which is the lave. Take a look again. Maramuk number four, tzitzka, tzitzadik, peace, samachas. All the avoid that we have using the limbs of the body. And the mitzvahs that, that, that involve the body. What they're for, not just, uh, you know, other mitzvahs of the body are there to straighten the heart, to give a person a, a healthy heart, a lev type. Again, the same thing he said in the previous piece. The main thing is the heart. That's where the Rabbanu Shalom dwells within a person, is in your heart. That Hashem is the heart of the Jewish people. The, 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 the rock, not, not a live heaven, but the rock of all rocks, which is the Rabbanu Shalom, is my heart. Therefore, says whatever you're doing in Yiddishkeit, realize what its goal is, what the purpose is, and direct the actions towards that purpose. So you do mitzvahs, of course. Nothing's changing in your schedule. But it means do all the mitzvahs with the mentality, with the, with the, with the consciousness that these are all activities to straighten out my heart, that I should have a lave baser, that I should be able to, to, to have a sense of uh, a spiritual identity and knowledge and awareness. And then at the same time, like we spoke about last time, in the past few weeks, to figure out ways to, art- to, uh, to sort of develop a language to articulate that. But to remove the lave evan, that's the objective of all of mitzvahs. And the Zara says, al tarik mitzvahs, regarding the 613, that tarik eaten, that these are 613 eitzes. They're a piece of advice. To what? To do what? The answer is to have a good heart. That's what they're eitzes for. And now he says an amazing tarik. He says, based on this, we could explain something. It says in Pasuk, with Elyon Navi, one of the most amazing psukim in Tanakh, which describes sort of the prophetic experience of Elyon Navi, is that first, Elinavi says, first he saw, yeah, there's a wind and a stormy fire and uh, all sorts of 
noise. And then finally, after all of that, called Mamadak a small, still voice. And that's where the prophetic experience came from. So it says, And this is what it means that after the wind, there was a noise. But that's not where Hashem was in the noise. And after the noise, there was a fire. And again, Hashem was not in the fire. Where was Hashem? In the small, in the still voice. Really, the objective of Yiddishkeit is not in the noisy part of it. You understand? Like when you, the mitzvahs that we do, the physical side of our mitzvahs, that's the noisy part of Yiddishkeit. That's not really what the objective is. You need, as we'll see, you need that to get to the still voice. But really, the Ikertachlis is a still voice that's beneath the surface of all those noisy actions. That's the Lev Basa that we're trying to develop. But you can't find the cult of Mamadak unless you go through Rash and Ruach and Eish. You have to go through the noise in order to find the cult of Mamadaka. But the Tachlis is the cult of Mamadaka. So he says, <clears throat> Rock the cult of Mamadaka in that still voice. Well, Lev, that's the heart that we're talking about. Sheena Nirga, Shishumbirga, that no one sees, no one can pick up on. Everyone can just see the Maisim that you do. But they just see the Rash and they see the Ruach, but no one sees the cult of Mamadaka. It's a personal within yourself. It's within yourself. The lamdu mizabe brachas, and take a look how our tzaddik teaches the gemara. The gemara says in brachas nun chesem alpha klal lamalchusa daaron. The gemara says a, a, a klal that if you want to know how the, the, the how the malchus of heaven works, look at the malchus of, of this world, and you'll be able to to relate to it. So the gemara says amaisa that if you that uh, that based on this pasuk of. Rash and Ruach and so on, and eventually you get the cult of Mamadaka. So Gemara says, Amaisa, you can see that in this world. How so? Because in this world, if the king is coming somewhere, so when, where, when does the king come? So the, the Gemara says, first the parade comes and there's trumpets and there's a lot of noise. That's not when the king is. Only after all the trumpets pass and all that stuff, and then there's a, a hush in the crowd, then the king appears. So it's more because that's the same thing. Hashem is not in the Rash, but, but again, but the same thing, but, but, but the king is not just going to appear, stop. there has to be a parade first. So with the parade first, then the king appears. But you're right, but the king is not in the parade. The king is in the silence that emerges after the parade. Now, Rav Tzaddik says, that's, that's one Gemara and Brachas. Then Rav Tzaddik, again, just filling in the blanks, then Rav Tzaddik brings us to a different Gemara, and the Gemara says a principle, Man Malki Rabbanan, that who is the true king in this world? It's the Chachamim, the Tamidi Chachamim, that are in control of themselves. In other words, putting this together, it means that in order to be a Melech, in order to be a Tamil Chacham, in order to be a real Tzaddik, you have to follow this model, which is, you need a parade. You need all the Rosh in the world. But you have to know that that's not where the king really emerges. The king emerges in the cult of Mamadaka. And unless you can create in your life this dynamic of there being a, le- a noisy parade with a silence after that, then you're not a melech. And in order to have a melech, you need that matzah. You need the noise and, and the silence that emerges after it. In other words, you need a, a, a Yiddishkeit of maisim, but to recognize that the objective of all those actions is a still place within the self that's called fixing the heart. And that's what Yiddishkeit looks like. So he says like this, again, uh, in the middle of the paragraph, Uman Malki Rabbanan, who are the kings of the world? Really, are the rabbanon shem hamaylichim al atzma, the ones that are that rule themselves hamayshim al yitzram that control the yitzharek mayshom bavasra, like the gemara says in bavasra that the kings are are the chachamim. So therefore, the same thing over here. In order to be a king, 
even with your own Yetzirah, loy barash Hashem. It doesn't come, Malchus is not really found in the noise of Yiddishkeit. The Malchus of Yiddishkeit is really found in the still voice that comes after the noise. But, but here's the point, the parade does come first. So you can't have the still voice without the parade first. This is the process. You need the kalim, you need the utensils, you need the body to, to be engaged in Yiddishkeit in order for the heart to be penetrated. But the objective is the heart. That makes a lot of noise. If it's not for the first parade, then the king is not appearing. First there has to be a noise. And, uh, which means in one's avodas Hashem, mitzvahs ma'isias, and it means making noise against the Yitzhara, fighting it uh, in, in a clear way. Like the Gemara says, that a person should make noise and, and yell and scream against the Yitzhara. It means that there has to be a parade. Yiddishkeit has to be it has to be, uh, you, have to, you have to be tired, you know, that's to, to be physically draining, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not really where the Malchus appears. That's not the Memshal Gemara. The real Malchus emerges after the noise settles down, and all the dust settles, and your heart is a little bit softer. That's, that's the Malchus. That my heart has been emptied out from within me. Chazal, Chazal says, that he killed his Yetzar with fasting. So fasting is what, so if you saw Dovin Melch, you just see him fasting. But Dovin Melch is identifying, but all that fasting was in order to get somewhere, which is to have a good heart. And that's true with all of Yiddishkeit. Shu'arash So the fasting would be like the noise. That's the thing that you're doing. But that's not the objective. That's not the objective. And then you come to Malchus, which is to have a lave, a lave buster. So, you know, so Allah so, Lamaisa, like we just, just do it. Like we're doing, like it's good. Shachas Mechamayar, Dav, and you're doing everything fine. We're all doing everything fine. But there are Okay, you know, correct things here and there. But, but there, you don't necessarily need big new avoiders. It's, not, it's always what I say. It's just a matter of being conscious of what the tachlis is, of realizing that Yiddishkeit can be used, can be seen as a way of fixing this imbalance between a zacher and a keva. So again, to sum it all up, we have a heart, whether we realize it or not, we have a heart. There's a, there's a maisa, just end with this, there's a maisa, we're quoting Rav Tzaddik a lot in, the, in this series, there's a maisa with Rav Tzaddik that he was, before he became a chassid from the, from the Ishbitzer, so he was, uh, he was a guy in Eilam. So he was traveling through Europe, whatever, so he eventually came to Ishbitzer, and to make a long story short, he, was, he came to Ishbitzer, he was in the back of the base measures, and he was known, uh, he was the Kayan of Lublin, but there they weren't billboards and things like that. No one knew what he looked like. So he's sitting in the back of the base manager. So the Yishbet Sir, the Meshulach, tells his Gabbai, go to the base manager, go to this row, go to that row, and tell, tell him that the Rebbe knows that you're Tzaddik of Lublin. So, uh, so he goes to Tzaddik and he says, the Rebbe said that I should tell you that he knows who you are, whatever. And uh, he says, go back to the Rebbe, tell him I'm not impressed. Not impressed. <laughs> okay, fine. And it was like this throughout the whole weekend. That the Rebbe was telling him more things about himself. And he kept saying, I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make a difference to me. So until finally, it was by Shal, and the whole meals of, 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 of Shal, Friday night, by the Tish and so on, he kept on the Ishbitz to try to get, to get our tzaddik to be engaged in the Tish. It was like, was an interesting. So until finally, by Shal Shid, so the, the Rebbe was saying something, whatever. And then it, the lights were off, and at some point, they, they heard screaming from the back of the base manager. Their tzaddik was like crying and screaming. And he said, The Rebbe is burning my heart. The Rebbe is burning my heart. And so and then, and then it became silent. And the Ritzalik began to cry. And he said, Rebbe, I don't have a heart. And so the Ishbitzer said, you have a heart. You just have to, you have to, uh, you have to give a heart to your heart. That's what you say. You have to go heart to your heart. So 
Everyone has a heart. Everyone has a heart. Nope. Sometimes it's covered with a lay vevin. So there's, there's two things that are working against us to become, to experience the Alpha Just to sum it all up. Two things working against us to experience the Alpha Venechi. Number one, the heart is a lay vevin sometimes. And again, the root of this is necessary in Gauls because you have to be a little bit stubborn. You've got to be closed off. Otherwise, you become like uh, every ism in the world becomes a part of you. You, can't, you, know, you have to have a little bit closed off. It's true. But uh, taken to an extreme, you become a lay vevin. Become someone that's, that doesn't think anything, no self-discovery, nothing. So that, that, that's one thing against us. And another thing against us is that we, we talk a lack the language to articulate everything that our heart and neshama wants to say. We do lack that language. Our moon is small. Our moon is small. That is true. Because I'll say, for example, that when Mashiach comes, the, 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 we, we, in Torah there's black letters, right? On white parchment. Because also when Mashiach comes, not only is there going to be black letters, but we're going to discover the white letters that are in the parchment, the white letters. Because there's a lack of language right now. All of Torah Shabbat can't communicate everything it's saying. It can't. So there's two things against us. The heart that's closed and the lack of communication. But that's our avoida, and that's what Gauls Mitzrayim was. But we have the tools to be able to bring this together. We have the ability, first of all, again, like Ratzadik is saying, is to do everything we're doing in Yiddishkeit, all the Targum Mitzvahs, but to do it with the kavana, with the intention of having a good heart, having Lev Basar, having Lev Basar. So you do that, then the stoniness of the heart is removed, and finally the Neshama can communicate itself. And then it is true, there's a lack of communication, the lack of articulation. The, we don't necessarily have the, a full language, but as we saw last time, despite the fact that we can't communicate everything the Neshama says, whatever you can communicate can be seen as a concentrated essence of what you're feeling, of what you're experiencing, by saying words, by saying words that have silence to them, by, 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 by also what we expect less, by distilling, by getting to the kishkas of what you're feeling, not just the peripheral, but to get to the kishkas of what you're talking right? When you get to the kishkas of what you're of what you're feeling, then that can be given over. Then you can find the words to communicate that. You might not be able to find the words to communicate everything, but the essence, you can find words to communicate. And that when you put this together, that's what uh that's the But ultimately, when I said at the end of the day, we do our avaida to say words that are true, to be honest. And like I said from the very beginning, the, the main avaida of all of this is when you say something to another yid, to mean it. To mean it. You say good morning, you mean it. To say good afternoon, you mean it. To say, you know, uh, you know, I have tainas. <laughs> so that's also true to, to meaning. You have to say words, to say, to say things that, are, that resonate as true. And that itself, the Rabbanu should help to, to repair all this. And we should be zechah to get to that day where we can stand by our Sinai to hear the Alva Vanoichi. We'll be shneim or a sagdailim. Amen.